Hi, I'm Justine Elliott, creator and host of What The Am I Doing? and Other Questions, a podcast for therapists. Join me weekly with special guests as we chat about the ins and outs of therapy practice. Remember to follow us on Instagram at What The Am I Doing Podcast and subscribe to get notified of all of our future episodes. Welcome to the first podcast of What the Am I Doing and Other Questions. I'm your host, Justine Elliott. Before we jump into today's topic, I want to spend some time introducing myself and this podcast. So hello, my name's Justine. I'm a registered psychologist in Alberta, Canada. Right now I'm working full-time in private practice focusing on people impacted by grief and trauma. This podcast idea came to mind due to my own experiences as a newcomer in this field. When I came out of grad school, I soon discovered that I was ill-equipped to be a therapist. I'd done all the assignments, I finished my practicum, and when I finished my program, I found myself filled with anxiety on knowing what it takes to be a good therapist. And to me, being a good therapist was beyond knowing some of the basic micro skills or knowing a certain therapeutic approach. For me, being a therapist was something that was hard to quantify. And I couldn't quite figure out what it would take for me to turn into this wonderful therapist that everyone would want to see. I also discovered that I had so many questions that weren't answered in grad school or answered in my initial jobs that I had as a therapist. And those were things like, how do I deal with a really hard session? How do I budget for trainings? How many trainings is a normal amount to take? And how do I find a good supervisor or the type of workplace I'd want to be in? So many of these questions were things that I figured out as I stumbled through my first couple of years as a therapist. And as much as this is often the experience of a lot of our first couple of years in a profession, I really think that we do a disservice for new therapists and even therapists who've been in the field for a while, in terms of not having a lot of information out there on some basic tips and tricks, and even having some sort of pool of knowledge and information shared by therapists who've been in the field for a while, and even by new therapists who might have some techniques or ways that they approach the practice of therapy that is unique and effective. So this all accumulated into the idea for this podcast. And for me, there is a need for a therapist-focused podcast, which is jumping into all that is the practice of therapy. And when I talk about everything related to therapy, I'm talking all sorts of subjects. So you'll 
discover through our episodes that we have a number of special guests who come on and chat with me about all sorts of things. And this ranges from different techniques and therapies to stuff related to how do you get into private practice or how do you manage your own anxiety and imposter syndrome. So the purpose of this podcast is to create a space for therapists to learn and grow and figure out some things or find some answers to questions that maybe they don't have people to ask those to, or maybe they want to learn what other therapists are doing. So I invite you to join me as we answer the question, what the am I doing? Right. So now that we know a bit about me and this podcast, I want to introduce my first special guest and a dear friend of mine, Gina Beretta. So Gina is a registered provisional psychologist and the director of people and culture at the Grief and Trauma Healing Center. Hi, Gina. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Gina, how did you get into psychology? What what brought you to the field? Yeah, um, it's so funny. From a very young age, I always wanted to be a psychologist. So I remember, yeah, being in like elementary school and being like, I want to sit in front of someone on the couch. <laughs> I just loved wow. it. Yeah, so um, yeah, I remember exploring in high school different opportunities and what I could do with a master's in psych and yeah, um, in my uh, um, undergrad, I yeah, discovered my passion for grief and loss, and that's now led me to um, the current work I'm doing, which is socializing in grief and trauma. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. To say the least. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing that you knew since you were so little that this was the field you wanted to be in, and you know, what you wanted to do. And then, especially in your undergrad, to figure out, like, what specialty you wanted to go into is is so interesting. Yeah. And I had a ton of support along the way to help me kind of discover what it was I wanted to do. And yeah, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Led me here. Awesome. Okay. Well, today we wanted to get into a topic that very hilariously came up for me and Gina yesterday. So for anybody who isn't aware or hasn't put it together yet, me and Gina work together actually at the Grief and Trauma Healing Center. So she's there, I'm there. Um, We have a very similar schedule. So we're at the office a lot and we have a lot of conversations about being a therapist and Lots of questions that often come up for both of us. Um, A ton of questions. A ton of questions all the time. Yep. And one of the things that came up yesterday is I was going out to my car and Gina had already left the office and I noticed her car was right beside mine and I look over and and she unrolls her window and you were, I think, looking for a podcast, which I know you're a big podcast fan. And... 
she turns to me as we are, like are in the parking lot, both her windows are unrolled, and she goes, "Am I the worst therapist on the whole planet?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just like bursted out laughing because I think this is a question that most therapists say to themselves. Yes. Um, but tell us, Sheena, like what what happened that day or or what was going through your mind when you started to say that? Yeah, that was the question I asked. <laughs> I screamed out my window. Am I the worst therapist on the whole planet? Oh, um, I had a good, like I had five clients that day and I just remember leaving and being like, oh, I just want to be able to give my clients like anything I've got. And just reflecting on my day, it was always like, yeah, did I do the best that I could today? Um, and I'm like, oh, I could have done this differently, or maybe I could have done this better, or maybe there was another tool that I could have used here. And so that led me to um, wanting to search on podcasts for my ride home, <laughs> some different tools for specific topics. Um, but it also led into like self-doubt, right, mm. of what I had accomplished that day. So, right. And another, yeah, big question is always like, like what would other therapists do? Um, with this specific case so right um, yeah always expanding but the self-doubt that creeps in sometimes it's is big in, yeah <laughs> it's intense right yes. yeah I think that's what being a therapist it's such a like unique job because even in other jobs I had I felt like there was always you know even if you were like tired one day or like let's say you didn't perform your best or you know you worked I don't know at an office and you know, you were kind of groggy or something like that. It didn't really matter in, mm-hmm. in the same way that I think it matters when you're sitting with a client and you're questioning yourself of like, am I doing enough? Am I even like, you know, being a good therapist today? Mm-hmm. What's happening, right? Yeah, and I think as a newer therapist, there's so many different theories, theoretical approaches we could use, interventions that it's like, sometimes we, I feel um, so green right and I'm like oh I certainly could be learning more and doing better um but yeah just I don't know yeah it's hard yeah (laughs) and I think part of it also makes it so tricky that I mean when I think about what we're doing as a therapist which is we're we're sitting with a client with another person who's looking to us to help them like there's that piece of making it so intimidating that we're like sitting there and if we're feeling doubtful in ourselves or we start to ask ourselves those questions it's usually because we we genuinely want to help but it creates a whole different dynamic yes and i will also add that every client is expecting something different from you and sometimes they don't even know how to articulate what they want or they might not even know what they want which is all okay yeah but every single client wants something differently at every every moment that they come in right and it's yeah it feels like this pressure sometimes of having to know exactly you know how to meet that client's need and Mm. all of that but it's so crazy how everyone's so different and it makes it so challenging right (laughs) yes and I think that's like it makes the work exciting but also so so difficult because you just constantly have new things or you have a new client but you're faced with this like everlasting question. (laughs) What am I doing with you? What should I do with you? Am I doing everything I can? Do I need to be doing more? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. And how no matter how much you prep for a session or <laughs> what you think you could prep, <laughs> you're ultimately, I find, always presented with something different. Like, oh. I remember in my notes being like, we'll discuss this next session. Client comes in and it's like, we haven't even touched on it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, am I doing this wrong? Like, that kind um. of you know, black and white mindset sometimes that I have. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you're right though. It's exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time, which I think leads to, (laughs) am I the worst therapist (laughs) on the whole planet? Right. And it's important that important piece, the whole planet is the important part here that it's not just, you know, right now or in my area, it's out of everyone. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That catastrophic thing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember doing that in my practicum. I I was so nervous in my practicum that I would like over prepare for clients. Like I remember one time I printed off like, we're going to do this sheet and this sheet and this sheet. Mm -hmm. And I remember my supervisor who, you know, Margot, and she's, she's my supervisor and I also work with her now, but I remember Margot just kind of like probably giggling in the background. Like she's, she's been in the field for a while. And I think she was just like, letting me do my best right and and letting me figure it out but it was hilarious because the client came in and I was like all right you know we're gonna do this today we're gonna talk about this and the client was like actually I want to (laughs) go into this area or that doesn't interest me at all or that's no longer an issue for me and it just totally threw me in the session totally yeah and then it's like oh my gosh do I have the tools to support this client on this topic I didn't prepare for right (laughs) yes yes yeah 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 constant questions totally yeah yeah so what would you say for you Gina is like is there a particular clients that comes up with a lot or is it just like it could happen with no matter what type of issue or client came in or is there some maybe areas that you feel more comfortable in or you've got you feel like you've got like a handle on better than maybe something else yeah like certainly um been specializing in grief for a few years and trauma are always my areas where I'm like yes I can lean into maybe EMDR like when you hear someone come in that's like yeah I've experienced this traumatic event um blah 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 then it's like yes EMDR right but it's like, I find sometimes the clients that want to debrief their week, which I know so much, they might need that space. But it's mm. like, okay, I'm not going to EMDR their week. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to, to, to EMDR. EMDR right here, right? So I find, yeah, sometimes that a little bit challenging when it's mm. just more fluid and conversational, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say I'm the same, though, that when a client comes in and, and doesn't maybe have, like, a, a concrete thing I can almost grab onto and, and like, focus my attention on, I, I almost found myself, like, floundering. Like, I'm like, and what do we do? Because I'm like, we don't have a thing that I can, like, really narrow focus in on or, or really address, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. so tricky at times. Yes. Yeah. Which is so interesting because, you know, I think you know, those sessions are a lot of times when you have to rely on like more person-centered therapy or you're just, you know, they're, you know, using some of those basic micro skills. And you'd think that would be like nice as a therapist, like in a weird way that like, okay, I don't have to like 
explain EMDR to somebody or I don't have to use a specific tool with them. I can just be here with them in the moment. But that's almost where I think that doubt creeps in. Yes, it does. Yeah. Which kind of leads me into this whole other topic, but how sometimes we like, we live, I would say, sometimes in a fix-it world. Mm. It's like when there's a problem we need to fix or when there's a problem we need a solution or a resolution. Um, And that person-centered just very much brings us into the present moment and the here and now and just processing Right? right? Like, what is? Yeah. And it's like, I think, I don't know, for me, maybe as a human being, it's uncomfortable at times mm. to not be able to provide the solution or have an answer. Um, and maybe the lesson is sometimes we don't need to have the answer. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like so profound, especially in, I think you're right, the like culture of the the world right now, or just the the nature of how even sometimes like therapies presented is like, go to therapy, you know, that'll fix this problem for you, Mm -hmm. which at times it does. Like, I mean, you know, you think of something like, I don't know, let's say you have anxiety about doing something, you know, you could apply a very like direct approach to help that client no longer feel as anxious. But I feel like a lot of times there's, especially when I think about something like grief or even trauma, like past Mm -hmm. experiences that you can't, go back to and you know forget about or or get rid of it's challenging right yeah Yeah. it is hard yeah and yeah we have the tools but also what does the client want in that moment right could be so different than what we want to give yeah and that's like I think part of for me it was like this letting go of control yeah and like in my practicum, I, I think part of it was my anxiety was like fueling this need for like, I have to know what I'm doing. I have to have these like worksheets. I have to be doing all the stuff. I have to have the answers. And yeah, to be able to like drop that control and kind of let the client pick that control up or, or let them lead is tough. It is so hard. Yeah. But so important. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think especially when you're working with people who, I mean, there's a lot of experts in the world, and I think a lot of people get advice from, like, family and friends or other, even therapists, right? There's a lot of, like, advice giving, like, mm-hmm. well, just don't be worried about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that doesn't really get to, like, a lot of the root things that people need to, you know, deal with certain things that are happening for them. Yeah, right. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. <laughs> it is. Okay. So obviously this is like, I mean, me and you know this feeling very well. I think it's shared by a lot of therapists in the world. And yes. Probably a lot of our listeners. Um, so I want to kind of steer us towards some practical tools because I think a lot of times people know about this stuff. They know about like the self-doubt and these questioning and, and all this. And I think there's a need for us to understand or for therapists to understand, like, how do we get past that? And how do we stay in the moment with a client? So I'm curious if there's like a session by session kind of time you've had that happen or just what you do to manage some of that. Yeah, I mean, that is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously this wasn't resolved since just yesterday we were asking, Uh, am I the worst therapist on the whole planet? (laughs) 
you know, I think in session when we have to always think on our feet and there's some sort of topic that's presented to me and I just don't know, I'm like, oh, this is unfamiliar and I'm not really sure. Um, I always just remind myself and bring myself back to the foundational pieces of mm. giving this client space and like bearing witness to their story is sometimes just enough Um, and that I am doing something in that moment and that it doesn't always have to be a tool um, Mm. or a worksheet that they take home but just really leaning into I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna hear their story Um, and then my favorite word is curiosity Mm. it's like instead of trying to panic about how to fix (laughs) I'm like how can I be more curious about what this person is presenting and just ask all the curious questions right and really help them just sit in whatever it is they're presenting right yeah I think just rooting myself back in the foundational Mm -hmm. pieces yeah I think that's so key and 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 I think really goes in nicely with um and I, I know we're going to do, or I'm going to do at least an episode on theoretical orientation and, mm-hmm. you know, the importance of that. And, you know, I think a lot of times we get a lot of info on orientation styles and you can like name them out, like list them out of like, you know, psychodynamic, person-centered, CBT and all this good stuff. But um, I really like to think of it almost like a, a tree where, you know, you have kind of your trunk is your main theoretical orientation and... Mm-hmm. And then you have maybe branches of, of different approaches. And I know for me, my trunk is person-centered. Mm-hmm. And I find that so nice to when I'm like freaking out in the mm-hmm. session and, you know, trying to be like, what do I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, just think back to like, what would person-centered say about this? And yeah. so much of that is just those like three core conditions and mm-hmm. staying with them. and you know, I think a lot of therapists now are quite integrative. So I think quite a few people might have different approaches that they take. But, you know, being person-centered and client-centered is, I think, so key and is so helpful in those times. I do too. And I ground in that as well. And I, once again, kind of going back to what I said, I feel like in the society, in the world, sometimes we don't get the opportunity to just share without someone coming back with Mm. their opinions or with their thoughts or how can we do things differently. And just leaning into that, like, unconditional positive regard, right. congruence, like, letting the client discover, like, is so important. And I find in my life, anyways, I've witnessed, I don't get that opportunity a lot. So mm. I just see the benefit for clients as well. Right. In that. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that's, that's so important just to reflect on how the world today operates with stories and listening to people and not needing to give advice necessarily and yeah you know I think yesterday and I think this was in our conversation I kind (laughs) of said to you you know I always end up finding or what I've found you know and and this was hard for me in practicum in like my first year of even like being provisional was like I have to know all the answers and I have to figure this out and what I found out was when I just let the client kind of lead that and and that could just be like listening to their story and being with them is that what ended up happening is that at some point, whether it was that session or the next one, 
there was always some sort of nugget or something that we could then cling on to. And that, you know, I think is so key that you end up finding something, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Yeah, with that curiosity lens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do find myself in those sessions at at the end, it's like, ah, (laughs) that didn't happen. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, even going back to what we're saying, like bearing witness to stories and this Mm. whole topic, um, I learned this little, um, I guess, I don't know what it is, little nugget Mm. (laughs) in um, the grief recovery method training about being a heart with ears. Mm. So listeners, if you can imagine just a red heart with ears on the end. Um, The heart doesn't have a mouth. All it is is just really listening with your heart. and uh, yeah, hearing people's stories and how it's it's amazing, right? What comes from that? Like you said, the themes that emerge or the nuggets that come, and yeah, yeah, it's great. It's powerful. It is and to always remind ourselves of that when we're questioning, "Am I the worst therapist, right, on the whole planet?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um, any other tips that you use, Gina, even like really basic practical stuff that like you just use to kind of like get out of that thinking or to ground yourself? Like, is there anything else that you want to share with us? I think sometimes I just, it's some of the positive self-talk. Mm. Of like, I'm here for a reason. I do know what I'm doing. Right. Um, I can provide something for this client um, in this moment. So really just challenging those thoughts in the moment and it's very quick like the snap of a finger because we're also witnessing someone's story right right um but yeah just that I'm here for a reason Mm. um is something that I always yeah lean into positive self-talk yeah 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 I think there's a need to just affirm and and you know kind of nurture ourselves in those moments right you know just to be like it's okay you know it's all right if you you don't have the answer right away or yeah you will figure it out mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah yeah I almost think of it as you know using those skills that we teach our clients which yes. is so funny because I think it's like the hardest part is and and I think sometimes there's a perception that like being a therapist you know a lot of stuff or you learn a lot of things and somehow you would then become this like ultimate mental health guru that like would never have any issues and you know would know how to apply all these tools and it's actually really challenging to use some of those like basic skills we teach our clients absolutely yeah and a good um reminder yes to use them ourselves for sure yeah All right, so to end off these episodes, I really wanted to give the audience some piece of advice or a little bit of nugget, which is our word of the day, apparently. Yeah. Um, something to walk away from. You know, with, with the topics we're talking about, I, I want people to be able to take these things and um, have some sort of ending point or advice that they can take with them. So what would be your advice? To the therapists of the world. Yes, I think along with the topic today, my one piece of advice is just that it's okay not to know. And Mm. realistically, we will never know everything. Mm. We never will. And so 
um, maybe a little bit of that internal validation of it's actually okay not to know, Mm. offering yourself some self-compassion and being extremely gentle with yourself through the process. Um, And always remember that you can consult and learn from others too. Right. It's okay not to know. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Gina, for being on our first episode and and being willing to come on with me. Um, You know, I know it's not easy to do jump on a podcast and just uh, come on right away. So I really appreciate it. It's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners. We appreciate all of your support, um, you know, through our Instagram and sharing this episode. So Follow us on Instagram at what the am I doing podcast and subscribe to get notified of all of our future episodes. 